This is Dr. Troy Shaw, pastor of the Liberty Hill Baptist Church. Welcome to Living the Bible Together. We would love for you to visit our church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Let us bow our heads. God, we thank Thee and we praise Thee for all that Thou hast done for us, for Thy peace, Thy love, Thy joy. Continue to be with us, lead us, guide us by Your Word, Your powerful will, and Your way. We thank You and we praise You in the precious, the wonderful, the great, and magnificent name of Jesus, our great Lord and Christ. Amen. Today, as we look into Genesis chapter 25, we will find at verse 21 these words. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. When life is worth less than beans, when life is worth less than a bowl of beans. Here in this particular text, we find two brothers. We find, in fact, a family. If we read the context of this uh, particular passage, we can see that uh, Esau and his wife gave birth to uh, two boys, twins, Esau and Jacob, Esau the older and Jacob the younger. We find from the text that one uh, boy was loved more by his mother and one by his father. 
we can see that there is some tension between and within the family, even at the very outset of this thing, as Rebecca is talking to God and God reveals that there are two nations, two people, two different kinds of actions and behaviors will come out of these people. In fact, we see even in their conception that one is trying to pull back the other. We can see the pattern of the Bible gives us the ideas that human nature brings forth and the the social systems that we think we are new are not new, but there's nothing new under the sun. In fact, these two boys can remind you of the current situation in uh, the United States as there is one group that is older than the other. As you know, the people from the land of Africa are older in their DNA, but it seems that the younger is always pulling back the older. I wish you could see the pattern. There is, in fact, two nations in her belly. There is Esau and Jacob. They're going to act differently. One uh, seems to act uh, with authority over the other, more cunning, more uh, tactical, and yet the other seems to be stronger. We can find that sometimes strength does not necessarily mean that you will get your way or that you will have the optimal situation. There are many times where men Mental capacity and thought will take you further than your muscles. Esau was the man's man, the guy that went out hunting, the guy that brought back the meat. He brought home, if you will, the bacon, as they say. He brought home the meat. His father enjoyed and liked him and, and loved him because he was the hunter. He brought home the meat. Uh, the mother loved the boy that dwelled in the tents. He stayed indoors. He, she loved Jacob. And they had, of course, their conversations just as Isaac and his son had their conversations. Here we find in this text these two boys who come out of their mother's wounds, twins. They, they, they must look alike in some ways. They probably have some very strong similarities, yet on the inside they are different. I wonder, do you realize that you can't always judge a book by its cover? Here we can find these two boys that, that look similar. They're in the same family, and yet God, God presents that they're going to be two nations inside of one belly. You know, the father loves one, the mother loves the other, and yet we uh, watch as they interact together as as Esau has gone out hunting, and he's been out all day. Seems like he hasn't caught much. He comes in, he's tired, has a conversation with his brother, and instantly we begin to see cunningness as he begins to negotiate with a tired man. I wonder, have you ever been tired? Wonder, have you ever felt some kind of way. And before you know it, somebody has pulled one over on you. Look there at verses 29 and 30, 29 and 30. And you will find uh, these words there, 29 and 30. It says, and Jacob sawed pottage and Esau came from the field and was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee with the same red pottage for I am faint. Let me tell you, when life is worth less than a bowl of beans is when you are exhausted. 
Sometimes we tire ourselves out too much. We stress ourselves out. And before you know it, you will fall prey to illness. You will fall prey to trickery and all kinds of things because our mind does not move and operate at its fullest capacity when we're exhausted. When we're at the point of fainting, we've got to make certain that we surround ourselves with people who will not take advantage of us. We've got to make certain that we stay aligned with God and that we don't get to a place where we're so overexhausted that we're no longer thinking straight. You know, your life is not worth much when you're not thinking straight. There are times when we're not thinking straight. Times in this country where people become so depressed that they become suicidal, which is a final answer to a temporary problem. Any problem that you have is only temporary. Live long enough and you'll find out that these two shall pass. Just keep on holding on to God. Never get so exhausted. There are people in today's climate and with so many things going on that we get excited and we get uh, caught up in things. And before you know it, our excitement turns to exhaustion because we put too much into it. You've got to learn how to be balanced and to keep your head level to allow God and the Holy Spirit to lead you to a place of rest. For he says, come to me. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. You just need to come to the Lord Jesus and learn how to work smarter, work easier, work in love and peace and joy, learning how not to become overly exhausted. Yes, he was exhausted at this particular point. He had been out trying to fend for himself, trying to hunt, and yet he comes in, he's empty-handed, and the the scholars believe that his brother had not even finished cooking uh, the, 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 the lentils at this particular point. One of the reasons why he refers to it as the red pottage, because as it cooks, as it gets darker, it would the, the red color would begin to leave the red lentils. But he asked for this red pottage. It's not really even yet done, some scholars believe. And yet he's so exhausted. Have you ever been so tired that you didn't see things straight? So tired that you would accept things that normally wouldn't be as good as it should be? Have you ever been so exhausted? Have you allowed these uh, situations and the pandemic to, uh, to get you so that you become so exhausted? I, I know what it means to be tired. I know what it means to be beyond tired. I know what it means to, to, to be like you when we get to a place where we can no longer think straight. And so you never ought to do negotiations and business and deals when, you, when you're not thinking straight. You shouldn't even go to the grocery store when you're not thinking straight. I wonder if there's anybody here who's ever went to the grocery store when they were feeling a, a certain kind of way and bought too much food. You've got to be careful making negotiations and sealing contracts when you're exhausted. You've got to wait to the next day. Sometimes you just got to have a little patience and say, hold on, wait a minute. I'm going to get some rest before I deal with you. And so here uh, we find this young man as he come in out the field, he's tired and his brother tricks him. His brother uh, takes advantage of his exhaustion. That's a shame that a brother would do that. But sometimes we got to be careful and most careful, even when it's family life, not worth a bowl of beans. But then look there at verse 32, because in verse 32, he, he lets him know that not only is he exhausted, not only is he at the place where he's about to faint. In 32, Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do me? Because now his brother Jacob has asked him to to sell his birthright, to trade in his birthright for a bowl of beans. 
And so uh, life is worth less than a bowl of beans when we're exhausted, but not only exhausted, when we over exaggerate a situation. You, you see, we've got to be careful in terms of our, our tongue, our speech, what we say, because we're made in the image of God and God spoke. He spoke into existence everything we see. God spoke and the waters and the land separated. We learn that we are made in the image of God, what we say, how we frame things, what we allow to go into the atmosphere from our spirit through our mouths. We've got to be careful of because our words can become manifested. And so he says that I'm at the point of death. Now, we know that this young man had been out hunting, but it's it's highly unlikely that he was actually at the point of death. Sometimes we over-exaggerate our situation, over-exaggerate our problems, and we make them grander than they ought to be. The the, the Bible says, as, as David David invites us to come and magnify the Lord together with him. We ought to be magnifiers of God. We ought to invite each other and ourselves to magnify God. Never magnify your problem. Don't over-exaggerate the situation and make it worse than it actually is. Get up from your depression. Get up from sadness and sickness and despair. And the first way to do it is to change your language. I'm not sick. I'm not dying. I'm not through. I'm not finished. I'm just starting. I'm recovering. I'm on the start line. I'm I'm starting again. I'm learning from some old lessons in. I'm framing this as I'm going forward. I'm not about to die. I'm about to live. Yes, I may be at my weakest point, but if I get a little rest, then I'll be at my strongest point. I might be hungry right now, but if I wait, I'm going to be satisfied by the great meal that is about to come. You've got to speak things as though they were, but speak them as you know they need to be spoken through the power of the Holy Spirit because we don't know what to say. The Bible tells us that it is through the Holy Spirit that prays for us and through us. Even our moanings and groanings have have meaning when we allow God to speak and live with inside of us. Never over-exaggerate your problems. Don't give the devil more credit uh, than the devil is due. We don't need to talk about the negative things unless we're talking about them in order to get to the road of the positive. We might edify, we might correct, but we're not going to stay there. We're not going to wallow in it. We're not going to pronounce death to our situation. Young man says, I'm so tired that I'm about to die. How many times has the end of the world came in our life become some because some little situation has bothered us and we thought this is the end of the world. I'm about to die. Lost my house. About to die. Lost my car. About to die. Lost my job. About to die. It's a pandemic. About to die. You better get up from that poor language and that sad negative spirit and allow God to speak in your life. Stop making yourself so tired. Stop making yourself a victim and be a victor to say that I'm I'm hungry right now, but I'm about to eat and I'll be all right. This boy says I'm about to die. Stop over-exaggerating your situation. Life not worth a bowl of beans when we start uh, getting too tired, too exhausted, when we begin to exaggerate and allow our problems to be bigger than God, to allow our problems to be the final situation rather than realizing that there's always a solution when God is in the mix. God created you, started you on your way, and the very thing that God started, God will see it to completion. God is Alpha and Omega. Jesus comes to show us that he's the start and the finish. You need not worry. 
worry about things if you put them in the hands of God. We live in the kingdom and the king got this thing. And so when life is worth less than beings is when you're exhausted, is when you're over exaggerated in your thoughts and in your ideas. But then look at verses 32 through 34. You'll find these words there. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. When life is worth less than a bowl of beans, is when you're exhausted, when you exaggerate, or when you over-exaggerate, or when you don't value your future. Some people can only see today. Some people uh, stay in yesterday. All they talk about is the past and what used to happen and what has happened to them. All they do is uh, talk about how they've been victimized in the past or how they've been great in the past. Sometimes people only are caught up in today in the current situation, how sad it is, as if we never will emerge from a problem or a situation. When we don't value our future, then we undervalue so many other things, realizing that, you know, there are some things that start small today, just a seed, a mustard seed. But if planted in the right perspective and cared for in the right ways, before you know it, you'll have a mighty tree. God knows that there is a process in life. And when we began to only look at today and the things of yesterday and never appreciate and look for and contemplate the things of the future or never having any expectation, then we will undervalue our, our right. We will undervalue our lives and we become nothing more than uh, those who look at themselves as less and little, uh, worth less than a bowl of beans because we can't see the future. Somebody said today, preacher, we all not try to see the future, but yeah, you need some future for motivation. Let me help you today to let you recognize that no matter what has happened in your past, you can talk about the past, but I encourage you to, to talk about the past in the perspective of the positive, to understand that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. I can reach back in the past and remind us that he, he stepped out in the midst of nothing and created everything that we see today, including us. His his voice was so powerful and mighty that he he created the grass and the trees just popped up out the ground. Birds started flying through the air and fish started swimming on Sunday. I'm glad that God has blessed us, that he created us, but then created us in his own image, kept his arms around us and, and has continued to bless and multiply the family. Here we find in Genesis this dysfunction in the family where one parent is with one child and another parent is with another. We can see that the house is divided against itself. And Jesus said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. We've got to be careful to make certain that our children and our families realize that we come together as family, that God has created us. We are blessed uh, in the field and we're blessed in the house because God is the one that has made us family. No matter how you were born, no matter if you've been separated, black sheep or the 
the family or favorite of the family, no matter which one you might be, you do realize that when we go to the waters of baptism, we release that old person and we uh, embrace the family of God, glad to be in the royal priesthood, life no longer uh, equated with a bowl of beans, but life equated with the high savior, Jesus the Christ. We are made uh, heirs, joint heirs with Jesus, glad to know today that our lives are worth more than a bowl of beans, stress and strain and struggle can cause you to come to a place of exhaustion and folk will use that to their advantage and it'll be to your disadvantage. And there are times when we'll look at things and we'll think they're better than they actually are when family and friends are really trying to get us in the end. We got to be careful trusting folk, got to be careful being too tired. When you look at situations, you've got to make certain that you're always looking to God and not over exaggerating negative feelings and thoughts. This will never happen. This will never work. Uh, my life is so bad. I'm about to die. Take that, strike that from the record, delete, delete, edit, and write something new. Write a new plan that my father is rich in houses and land. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My father is a mind regulator and a heart fixer. I'm glad today that I know God, that God created us, knows the hairs even on our head and is able to fix any situation, either great or small. Glad today that our life is worth more than a bowl of beans because we're made in the image of God. We walk in the holy priesthood. Glad today that God loved us so much that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. Died till blood came from his veins. Died until his blood flowed to the lowest mountain and the highest valley and yet never lost its power. We're covered by the blood everywhere and anywhere all the time and every time. Covered by the blood. You're worth more than a bowl of beans. So we've got to have good spiritual self-esteem to walk up and lift our heads up high, realizing that I am a child of the king. I'm royal in priesthood. I'm glad today that the king is watching over us and mighty armies will come to protect us. The birthright is important to us today because we've been born by the water, born of the spirit, and we are the sons and daughters of God. We are the children of God. Our birthright is important. The way we walk and the favor that God has upon us, we must embrace goodness and gladness and peace and joy and love. We walk after the way of Jesus, never afraid. Oh no, never afraid because we're never alone. He promised to be with us in season and out of season, promised to be with us to the very end. As long as we go and tell the gospel, go and baptize those who need to be enfolded into the family. Glad today that each and every one of us, man, woman, girl, or boy, we're all blessed because we're in the family of God. And so your life is worth more than a bowl of beans. Don't trade your life in. Don't trade your life in for insobriety. Don't trade your life in for lies. Don't trade your life in for hatred. Don't trade your life in for the sickness and sadness of sin and transgression. Don't trade your life in for things that are inferior to the will and the way of God, that are inferior to, to your person and to your spirit. But hold on to God's unchanging hand 
in knowing that you are bigger and better than your situation, bigger and better than your exhaustion, bigger and better than what your eyes are seeing in the red pot. You're bigger and better than your exaggeration. But God is calling you to look to your future and know that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. But that story doesn't stop right there because we know that one glad morning when this life is over, that he's coming back again. And because he's coming back, you can hold out just a little while longer. You can hold on just a little while longer. Motivation to know that this thing is going to be all right if you but hold on, keep the faith and know that you 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 know that God is in control and has a plan for our lives. Our life is worth so much more than a bowl of beans. Your birthright has given you privileges to the mansions on high. Your birthright has given you privileges uh, to that heavenly home to be forever in praise of our great God. Always hallelujah and never goodbye. God is so good. Our lives are worth so much more than a bowl of beans. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. This has been another broadcast of Living the Bible Together with Dr. Troy Shaw from the Liberty Hill Baptist Church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. God bless you and have a great week.